I'm so glad that you listened to my podcast, Inspiring Women, today. I have an exciting event that I would love for you to come to. It's the Brady Wears Women Leadership Conference, and it's June 16th, 2023. It's on a Friday. What a great way to end your week. This is something that is year has gone on quite a few years. In fact, this is year 10, so it's going to be a big celebration. We are going to have a morning speaker, AJ Casey, kind of our Um, hometown hero right here in Columbus, Cincinnati area. And we're having Eileen McDarg as our keynote. I would tell you to go out and find her because she is phenomenal. Her last name is McDarg, M-C-D-A-R-G-H. She is energy. She is all about women's leadership. We're going to have some great, great breakout speakers that are going to come and and you can go to these sessions. And on top of that, you'll be with 270, 300 women, right? That's what we had last year. So don't miss it. It's the Brady Wears Leadership Conference Year 10, and it's June 16th on a Friday, and it's in the Polaris area at the Quest Center. I hope to see you there, and we would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to me at bradyware.com, and we can get you the information that you need. You can also sponsor, bring a table full, just come to lunch. It's just going to be a great day, the Brady Wears Women's Leadership Conference on June 16, 2023. It's a great way to end your week on a Friday. It also is not just a day with 300 women and 15 breakouts, a breakfast keynote, and a, and a keynote at lunch, but it's also helping two organizations out, the BBB, the Better Business Bureau of Central Ohio, as well as the WSBA, which is the Women's Small Business Accelerator. You can register at ColumbusWomensLeadership.com. You can also check it out on the Brady Wears website. Regardless, make sure you're part of this day and have and be energized and grow. We just want you to be part of the day. Has anyone ever inspired you to change your life that made you more fulfilled? Well, as a leader in your business and in your community, what are those questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis? It's these questions that we explore on Inspiring Women. I am your host, Betty Collins. And I'm a certified public accountant, a business owner, and a community leader who partners with others who want to achieve remarkable results for themselves and their organizations. I am here to help inspire you to a positive step forward for a better life. Well, today we're going to have a great discussion on toxic communication. Yay, right? But it is something that's so needed um, in our society today, of course. And we have Teresa Harlow with us. Um, You're going to really, really enjoy her. Everyone knows that toxic communications can destroy relationships, the teams. It can even sink your business. What are you doing to ensure that your team knows how to prevent or diffuse hostility? Yay. Or move from combative to collaborative? when tensions flare. So whether Teresa is co-parenting, running the business, or working with large corporations, she has been transforming the combative relationships into collaborative relationships. See if I can say that again. (laughs) While achieving extraordinary results for over 30 years. I admire anyone who can write a book, and she has one called Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. And it stayed on Amazon's bestseller list for over 17 months, and it's endorsed by Gary Chapman, amazing author of The Five Love Languages, and Jack Canfield, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
So, Teresa, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're here for my audience. I think they're going to find this very, very needed. Um, they're going to find that anything that you can get helps and tips we want to do. And at the end, we'll, we'll, we want to make sure they know how to get your book, where to get your book, um, and your contact information. Sure. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, but tell us just a few, take 30 seconds. Tell us a little bit about you. What do you do for fun? You know, that kind of just 30 seconds, 45 seconds of a little about you. Well, what do I do for fun? Yeah. Well, winter is a little bit difficult for me because, well, I'm a boater. Okay, yeah. So. <laughs> not a place to boat. Ohio is not a place to boat yet. Right, right. So in the summer, we do a lot of that and travel to uh, the Tennessee region and mm-hmm. also northern Michigan and yes. do water skiing and wake surfing and wakeboarding. Very nice. Um, and, of course, we have three kids between us, and they're all grown. So we're constantly... Jetting off to see someone sure. or spending time, you know, watching my son and his band up north in oh, very Cleveland. Nice. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of that. There's nothing like saying grown children. There's nothing like <laughs> saying adult children with jobs. That is the best, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not real yeah. fond of the idea. My son is now 29 and holding, as I'll say, now for the rest of my life. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm good with it. My son is 31 and 30. My daughter's 30. So I, I'm right where you are. So. Right. But good. Uh, boating is a blast. But Lake Michigan's beautiful. All that's yeah. just gorgeous up there. So, But we're going to talk about the fun stuff of conversation. Confrontation, not necessarily confrontation, but toxic, right? And how do we become collaborative? collaborative. Um, So your professional background is really varied. How did you end up on your current journey? Let's talk about that. Well, I like to say that my professional uh, journey is a maze. Not amazing necessarily, but a maze because... I like that. You know, I kind of come in and out of two things that that I have a love-hate relationship with, both entrepreneurship, starting Mm -hmm. businesses, as well as corporate America and being an employee with a a larger company. And um, really, I love how as an entrepreneur, you get to be creative and, you know, create something from nothing. Right. And that's kind of beautiful. And you get to follow a passion that you have personally and turn it into something that helps others. Uh, But let's face it, Having a business is hard. Right. And you are your own support system. You don't have technical support, marketing support, and all that. Of course, you can hire those things out. But as a solopreneur, you have to to think about all that. And there are no perks. (laughs) You know, uh, paid vacations are are something that don't come with the territory. Right. You take the vacation, but when you're not working, no one's getting paid, right? Right, right. And then... You know, in my corporate journey, I was in um, that environment for a good 35 years, mm-hmm. and I would really do quite well leading large teams, but I would come to a point where I felt like I was limited either creatively or just in where I wanted to take um, my passions. And, um, you know, while I love the perks and the paid vacations that come with corporate America, it can be stifling in that sense. Yeah. And so I I decided in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. There you go. <laughs> Everybody, a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah. Um, to step away from corporate America after my what I call my third tour of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really felt like I had achieved what I was going to uh, accomplish there. I was yeah. really ready to move on and and 
um, just come to a, a, a better place in being able to fuel that passion and, and bring it all together, really. So, yeah. you know, the book is about co-parenting, but it deals with relationships and moving from combativeness with someone to collaborative behaviors. And I found I was also living this pattern in my professional journey, mm-hmm. bringing people together, figuring out how to overcome uh, interpersonal uh, relationship obstacles and uh, turn foes into fans. Yeah. And so after so many people telling me that they felt that that I had something to share, I decided to combine all of those creative talents, my passion for it, and what I learned both in my personal and professional life with relationships right. and pour it all into this business. Yeah. Well, today's environment is nothing but... Um, combative. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter what you're looking at, whether it's your school boards or your schools or your community or, um, you know, it goes beyond politics even. And in business, yeah. definitely, right? Yeah. Um, and people just, they're not knowing how, it's like we have forgot, forgot how to be professional and positive, right? Yeah. Or just interactive the interactions of today can be positive, yet we can still feel different. We can still be different, but we keep, we're missing that, right? So what prevents people from interacting more positively professionally and personally? What prevents that? Well, I kind of package it as what I call the three C's of collaboration. Civility, communication, mm-hmm. and caring. Right. And when I talk about civility, I'm really talking about the basics, politeness, courtesy, maybe a little empathy, just really understanding that things are happening to people around you and you have an impact on that with every interaction you have, even with the person you pass on the street. And they always say, you know, uh, smile can be contagious, right? And so I think we've we've lost a little bit of that awareness of, of the need for civility. Um, and also I feel like we've really, with all the abundance that we have of communication methods, right? You've got email and text and social media and all these ways to interact with each other. We're doing it worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's just really a decline in our communication skills because so many of those modes are are really one-sided. Mm-hmm. You put it out there and then you wait for a response as opposed right. to having conversations. So right. it's a lost art having a conversation. Our kids grow up texting each other and on right. social media and these things. And we you know, adopt slang sorts of interactions and, and lose sight of really the protocols that, that make up language that is comprehensive and, and caring. And I, I think even starting with our, our education system, I remember my son was like in fifth grade and fifth, sixth, seventh. And I remember when I was in school, I was diagramming sentences and understanding right. the structure of the English language and how to put it together in ways that people would understand what I was saying and the way I intended to. And, you know, I really felt like they weren't doing that. They weren't correcting grammar. And right. I was like, what is going on? But, um, you know, I think that um, that education is one area, but just in in how we interact with each other, we need to practice that more. Right. 
Um, so uh, the the third one being caring um, is really about that idea of empathy and treating people the way you'd want to be treated right. and how we've lost sight of that uh, in favor of thinking about where we want to go, what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really would love to see empathy be reinfused yeah. into our everyday interactions, you know, thinking about the words you say, the actions you take, how do those land on the other person, and would you want that to happen to you? Yeah. You know, I think when you talk about live conversations, we just don't have them. And you're going to say something, you're going to act totally different when you're live, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that is part of the art of conversation has gone away because it is we're going to do it and we're going to wait for a response and there's no skin in the game because you're not looking at that person. Yeah. You know, facing someone. Right. Right. And today I had a very in- interesting interaction. Um, I had ordered stuff from uh, ne- Neiman Marcus or whatever, Marcus Neiman, whatever. Neiman Marcus. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and um, I had one of the packages come, didn't really pay attention to that. The fact I hadn't gotten the other one. And so a woman from probably a half a mile to a mile away calls me and I see the number and I'm like, I don't know who this is. Should I pick up? But I'm trying to be more about someone's reaching out to me. I'm going to pick up. So I pick up and she said, I'm so-and-so from Black Lake and I think I have your package. I said, oh. And I said, she goes, yeah, I think the driver probably was having a bad day and we just need to get the right packages. Do you by chance have my package? I said, I don't. She goes, okay, well, you'll see another package on your on your doorstep today. Have a great day. And it was just refreshing. Yeah. It was just refreshing. I, it just, that's what we need to get back to. Even right. a neighbor call. I mean, I don't know how she got my number even, except it must've been on the package. I yeah. don't know. But it was it was just as you're talking about having conversations. She just didn't get mad at the FedEx right. guy. She just didn't come and keep it. She didn't destroy <laughs> it. She reached out. Was intentional about having a positive right. conversation. She could have been a really negative. Right? Well, and you know, I I I think that even those I'll say casual interactions we have can be really. Um, changing to someone's day. Like if you have to call tech support or customer service because maybe you have a problem with even Marcus or something, you know, if if I'm feeling really reactive, I will tell someone, you know, if I've been going rounds with someone with a company for a while and then I have to call again, maybe. I might give them fair warning. Look, I'm a little on edge about this so that yeah. if I do come across a little harsh that they realize it's not directed to them. But, it, you know, um, just remembering that um, there's someone on the receiving end of right. what you're doing. Do you think, and 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 I'm digressing a little bit, but it kind of dawned on me when you said this. So you're talking about people put it out on social media of all kinds, whether it's, mm. I mean, doesn't matter if it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, you name it. There's all those news, emails. I think we're just used to seeing the bad behavior. We're we're seeing the negativity that we don't even know maybe that we're being negative when we put it out there. Yeah. Because that's just what we've gotten used to. Yeah. There's actually some level of acceptance that I think is damaging. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, we've talked about, you know, how do we, what prevents people from interacting? A lot of it's just, just they're not interacting, right? There's, yeah. we're, we're living in kind of a negative world. Mm-hmm. What can we do to overcome these obstacles? 
Well, I have a whole long list <laughs> that I call lessons for mom. And it's not me, not me, the mom. Um, they come from my mom. They come from your mom. They come mm-hmm. from all of our moms or yeah. other caregivers that raised us. And these are basic things. I'm not I'm not uh, inventing anything new here. I'm reminding right. people of basic principles we were taught when we were very young. Things like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Right. And you need to practice to uh, get better at something. So if you have a difficult relationship with someone, don't shy away from it. That may be what you want to do, yeah. but it's not going to improve if you don't practice interacting with that person to learn more about them right? Um, and understand what motivates them, what triggers them, and how you can overcome those things. And then above all, treating others the way you want to be treated. The golden rule is, is that. Yep. And um, it's it's interesting because the more I say it, maybe it's because it's in my head so much. I see more and more authors and speakers and and others talking about that leaders. And I'm glad that I'm hearing it more. And I just hope it sinks in. Well, I think we need to we on the positive side on collaboration, we need to speak louder for those who are negative and on the combative side. And if we speak louder, it'll change and turn the course. My mother always used to say this, and we still say this to this day. She's 86. She says, false cheer is better than real crabbiness. And she had that on her bulletin board for, I I can't remember when it wasn't there, right? And she would, Sunday mornings, you know, there were eight of us, and getting up and going to church was in one bathroom. And and you didn't, I mean, you dressed up, right? Everybody went. And my mom, the false cheer is better than real crabbiness. We're going to church. Everyone get in the van. Get your smiles on. And you just... (laughs) That was just how you you thought. Whether you wanted to smile or not, whether you were happy or not, sometimes that false cheer is better than the crappiness. Let's go, right? Well, it starts there, right? And, um, you know, there is something to be said for faking it until you make it. Right, right. (laughs) I'm not saying you live there. You got to deal with problems, obviously. Absolutely. But in the basics, everyday routines, right? Yeah. So are there things we do you know, unwittingly, that triggers others to respond negatively to us. What do we do to set those triggers? Well, so whether it's in business, I was a people manager. Yeah. You're a people manager. Um, Or in your personal life where you're coming to your spouse or your children or whomever in your family. Um, When we want something, we come out them. If we're, if we're more of a a managerial sort, we may say, hey, I need you to do this, or you need to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And we start there rather than setting up the conversation so that the other person is prepared to receive us and and understands that we're not a threat to them. So I like to uh, suggest that people start by remembering, one, that everyone brings something to the table. And you can acknowledge that to start your conversation. Um, I mentioned my son's in a band, and he started his first band when he was in fifth grade. Okay. And I I was in bands before, too. And so I sat the boys down, and I told them, I said, there's two things you guys all need to remember to do. One, leave your ego at the door. Mm hmm 
And that's a hard thing to do when you're yes. dealing with something artistic because it is very personal. Right. And two, remember everyone brings something to the table and hopefully it's different than what you bring to the table so that right. you you complement each other. So don't get upset because someone else doesn't do exactly what you do. Look to what it is they do contribute right. and acknowledge that. So setting up a conversation that way by a simple acknowledgement. Hey, thank you for meeting with me today. Maybe right. all you can come up with if you're really in conflict with someone. But it's a start that that sets the tone. Yep. And then as the conversation progresses, remembering to, you know, I think we we tend to forget to listen. Yeah. We're so caught up in thinking about what we're going to say in response. We prepare our case, you know. Uh, that we actually don't stop and, and hear what they're saying. Right. And we can then further acknowledge, hey, I heard you. Now, that doesn't mean you agree with them just because you acknowledge you heard them. It just lets them know that you're listening. Right. Right. You know, um, you'll find this hard to believe, but I am a talker. <laughs> so <laughs> most people don't think I listen, because, no. but a lot of times I really, I'm already thinking something else in my mind while they're finishing. Oh, yeah. We all do that. It's a skill that we need to get back to the art of if we want to become more collaborative, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. And I know when you talked about, um, I've read a book and I'm going to have her on my podcast. She was at the Women's Leadership Conference for Bradyware last year. And she has five core components to, to getting along with people. And one of them is the worst thing is not the only thing. Yeah. It's not the only thing about that person. Right. You know, um, or about the situation. Uh, You have to sometimes just get past. Sometimes it's hard to get past it. It depends on what it is. I'm not saying you just go, oh, that's just their worst characteristic. Let it go. But it it, it has helped me in approaching people because there's other things than that. Well, it can give you perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're not just focused on that, that conflict. Because, I, you know, what I say when it comes to conflict and overcoming it is, if you want to resolve conflict, then don't focus on the conflict. Right. Focused on resolving it. So if you're constantly thinking about what you don't like about someone, then that's where you're going to live. Right. I had someone say to me once, um, I was telling them, well, under these circumstances, and they said, stop right there. Why are you under this circumstance? Why are you not over and, and ahead interesting. of Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. It made me kind of stop you know, and go, oh. Maybe, maybe we, but anyways, um, but triggers are something in our society today that just are real. And Mm, you've got to be so aware when you have triggered somebody, so you don't do it again because, or talk to them about their triggering because you have them as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when someone is unloading that negative energy on you, Mm. right, which people do, Mm -hmm. what are strategies that you've seen in your 35 years and in your business that you have today what have you seen that works to help the recipient of the combative behavior? Yeah. Well, and and I'll start by saying I learned some of these lessons the hard way yeah. <laughs> in my earlier career. I was very reactive. You know, the same mom that told me if you don't have anything nice to say told me to speak my mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like trying to come to terms with those two. Took me a while. But, um, you know, understanding that you, you don't have to react. Mm-hmm. You have a choice. No one can actually make you angry. Novel concept. You have a choice. 
And so remembering that there is a cost to reacting. There is a consequence that lives beyond that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, by all means, if you are communicating in a way that is documented, whether it's email or text or uh, social media or something that's memorialized, even a voice message that's saved. Yeah. Don't memorialize bad behavior. <laughs> I mean, because then it absolutely lives beyond the moment. And while we all can get caught up and, and say things we regret, if you uh, do that in the context of something that is documented, then mm-hmm. it can be turned around and used as a weapon well beyond what you intended to convey in that moment. Right. And so we have to be mindful of that. And if necessary, pause, ask the person, can we take this up later? Mm-hmm. You know, make some excuse for why you can't handle it right now. Um, or literally bite your tongue or do whatever you need to do to take that pause. Right. Well, it it is, it's a hard, that's a hard on both ends to, to even maybe you are being negative and combative and then you catch yourself. Right. And you can't go, maybe go back. You can't go back. You can, you can, you 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 don't have to go, you don't have to go, well, I've already done it too bad. So sad, you know, no, you can, you can say, you know what, I'm going down the wrong path here. Let me back up. And I've done that with with my staff. I've done that with mm-hmm. my managers. Right. And just said, I think I've I've gotten off track here. Let me try to say this differently. You know, it can be in the it can be in the little things. I mean, last week I had this meltdown, <laughs> and I run our office, and so I I put out this email with really shouldn't have done this. Put this email to all of Columbus, right? And um, because people had left dishes in the sink again in the kitchen. <laughs> So I went, I had this whole thing of do not in caps, you know, blah, 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 underline, highlight, went just ridiculous, (laughs) really at the end of the day. And then two minutes later, my admin team comes running my office. We got it. So it was really simple. We just put all the hardware in a box and put paperware only and didn't make a big thing. We have a lot going on right now. We don't need to talk about whose cup is in the sink. Yeah. Right. And why I just went off like that was, it just looks ridiculous on my part, you know? And it was email, it's already there. I'm sure it was kind of a laughable moment for people. But it's a simple thing like that though, that we just do because it triggered me that once again, we have stuff in the sink and it drives me crazy. You know, I have a, I have a solution for that little Let me hear it. Reactiveness. No kitchen. Well, no. (laughs) Um, So in my last role, um, in financial services, I had really large teams and, and, um, you know, I communicating with potentially hundreds of people in, in any given email. And, you know, I spend lots of time, you know, revising, revising, revising emails. But if someone triggered me, even if it was just to one person back to them and I felt triggered, I would write it exactly what I wanted to say and put my name at the top Mm -hmm. in the two, nobody else's, so that if I accidentally hit send, it was only coming to me. And if I was feeling particularly triggered by something, I would write that email like that, get it off my chest, send it to myself, then read it and start to realize, okay, that whole concept of how are my words going to be received on the other end? If I read them, how do I feel as a result of reading them? And then I could start to 
calm myself down and be more rational in whatever I put out there. So next time, send that to yourself. Yeah, would that be a bad <laughs> idea? My admin team responded immediately because they just know me, right? Sure. But I apologize to them the next day because I figured probably that they would respond and take care of it. Instead, I could have just asked yeah. them. But I promised them I'd stay away from the sink. And that's my solution <laughs> at this point. Because right now, I just need to stay away. Out of because, sight, out of right, mind. I, right, I just stay away from the sink. So, um, but... You know, let's talk a little bit about your book. You wrote a really good book. And the title, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is for people going through divorce. But let's talk about why you wrote the book and that it's out there and where can people find it and, and yeah. what what would be, who who would this book apply to besides everyone? Everyone, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it it is and isn't about divorce. It's really right. more about the relationship with two parents that are, uh, continuing to raise children yeah. after divorce. They have a commonality. Um, yeah. And um, I find that people are people, whether it's your co-parenting relationship or your mm -hmm. business colleagues or clients or uh, suppliers, um, that the same basic premises hold true and how people want you to respect them and listen to them and acknowledge what they bring to the table. Right. And with that, um, we had, when I say we, I, my son's father and I had heard many times as we raised him from the time he was six um, on up, uh, how they wished their parent had done that for them after they divorced, right. or they wished that uh, they had were doing this with their um, ex-spouse. And I thought, well, obviously we figured something out because people compliment us. Why not? Yeah put this information out there so that it could benefit others. Mm -hmm. And while the book in its current um, volume, the co-parenting code is focused on the co-parent relationship, the, the ideas of how to overcome conflict and move to more collaborative behavior apply. And I really right. delve into a lot of conflicts that frankly, my son's father and I did not face, but that maybe I came upon as a step-parent or in other roles in my, <clears throat> excuse me, in my mm -hmm. life uh, to move a conversation forward. And some of those took years. Yeah. And I've had some relationships in my life <clears throat> that have waxed and waned and, you yeah. know, they go from good to bad. But um, anyway... Um, the book serves to help people understand the behaviors they they may be demonstrating that will uh, trigger another person unwittingly. And they may not realize they're doing that. To also cover if you're on the receiving end, because I right. frankly started off by saying in the book, don't do this, don't do that, you're doing this. And then one of my friends read an early uh, manuscript, and he had went through um, the whole journey himself as a co-parent. He said, this is great, but my ex wouldn't have read this book. I'd have been the one reading it. What are you doing for me? So I went back and infused mm -hmm. in the book, added to it, here's what you can do if you're on the receiving end of this, to yeah. redirect the conversation, to uh, avoid those triggers, and to take um, the interactions back to a more productive place. Um, so I go yeah. through the do's and don'ts of both sides of that 
so that people can feel they get something out of it, no matter what part of the journey they're on, whether it's something they're going through now, uh, they're separating, whether they've been divorced for years, mm-hmm. or if they have, um, you know, maybe recoupled. And the whole step parenting thing is a whole other book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, well, I appreciate you being, you know, today's world is more combative than it is collaborative. For sure. Yeah. And we need to figure out how to switch that and turn that. Yeah. Um, you can get the book on Amazon. This is Teresa Harlow, H-A-R-L-O-W. Yeah. And um, where can people read? Are you on Twitter? Are you? Where, where's oh, all I'm your media? You're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. My my website is TeresaHarlow.com. Okay. I like to keep it simple. Yep. If you misspell it, I think I own several versions of that. Okay. And uh, on all the social media Mostly under Teresa Harlow, one, two, three, except for on LinkedIn. And, and of course, the books on Amazon. They'll find you. To my audience, I would tell you toxic communication, destroying relationships, being on the negative side, being the person putting people on the negative side, etc. We need to be more collaborative, not combative. And so today, it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to choose to be collaborative versus combative. So I, I, I encourage you to read the book. I encourage you to think through. I encourage you to look in the mirror and say, is this something I need to do? Thank you for joining us today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As your career advances continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit Bradyware.com backslash resources to find everything about inspiring women, this episode, plus an outline of Bradyware & Company accounting services can be found in the episode show notes.